This podcast is brought to you by New Hope Baptist Church. For more information, visit the website newhope.net.au or follow us on social media. The kingdom of God is the most exciting thing in the universe, and you are invited to enter the kingdom of God. Our Bible reading today has five pictures of what it means to experience the kingdom of God. Three of those pictures are a, a, a depiction of, of, of how we enter it, and two of those pictures are about rejecting the kingdom of God. Listen to the Bible reading, and then we'll unpack some of the power of its invitation to us today. Matthew 13, 44-58 The kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field, which a man found and covered up. Then, in his joy, he goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant in search of fine pearls, who, on finding one pearl of great value, went and sold all that he had and bought it. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a net that was thrown into the sea, and gathered fish of every kind. When it was full, men drew it ashore, and sat down and sorted the good into containers, but threw away the bad. So it will be at the end of the age. The angels will come out and separate the evil from the righteous, and throw it into the fiery furnace. In that place there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Have you understood all these things? they said to him. Yes. And he said to them, Therefore every scribe who has been trained for the kingdom of heaven is like a master of a house, who brings out his treasure, what is new and what is old. And when Jesus had finished these parables, he went away from there. And coming to his hometown, he taught them in their synagogue. So that they were astonished and said, Where did this man get this wisdom and these mighty works? Is not this the carpenter's son? Is not this, and is not his mother called Mary? And are not his brothers James and Joseph, and Simon and Judas? And are, are not all his sisters with us? Where then did this man get all these things? And they took offence at him. But Jesus said to them, A prophet is not without honour, except in his hometown and in his own household. And he did not do many mighty works there because of their unbelief. In those several stories and episodes from the life of Jesus, we get a picture of the kingdom of God and an invitation to enter into it. Jesus told parables, uh, simple stories with explosive meanings that invite us to enter into God's work in the world. And the first two of those parables uh, tell us something about uh, how we can enter God's kingdom and what it means to experience the kingdom. It starts with a discovery. So there's a landowner and he is a, a, a land worker and he's plowing the field and he discovers a treasure buried in the field. And as he unpacks that treasure, it's mind-blowing and he knows that he must possess it. In the second parable, 
Uh, there is a merchant who uh, deals in pearls, and he is always searching for the best, brightest, most beautiful pearl. He finds it and realizes he needs to do whatever it takes to possess that pearl. The kingdom of God is a discovery. It begins with a realization of the life and power and presence of God in our world and a realization of what an invitation, what an opportunity, what a blessing this is. For some people, that happens almost, almost by accident. I remember a fellow who came to New Hope years ago. Uh, he was a young man whose life uh, was such that he hadn't had a lot to do with the church. He hadn't really uh, had much of uh, the Bible, much of the stories of Jesus. And when a friend brought him into the church context and he heard about Jesus and he heard about God's forgiveness, he heard about love, it, it just grabbed him deeply and so significantly. He was in my Bible study group and he came one night and said that he had shared some of what had been happening in his life with a family member. And he was so perplexed that his family member wasn't as excited as he was. He said, this, this is just so amazing. Why doesn't everybody want this? It is a discovery of the, the goodness and the glory of God. And for some people, my, my, my friend, uh, it, it's like plowing a field, uncovering a treasure and realizing this is awesome. For other people, it's more a search. It's an inquiry. And I think of C.S. Lewis. His amazing story, he was a, a, an academic, he was uh, passionate about literature, he, he loved words, and he was an atheist. He had no real interest in the things of God or desire to integrate God into his life, but he, he was a person of integrity and he wanted to search it out. And so he asked questions and he explored and he talked with Christians, and he found his way to a discovery of the truth the wonder, the glory of God. He's a lot like the pearl merchant who kept searching and searching. And when he found the truth of God, he just outshone everything else that he had been exploring and that he had been experiencing. The kingdom of God begins with a discovery. Have you made that discovery? Because that discovery is what energizes and motivates and gives meaning to this whole experience of being a Christian, of living in community as a church, and of being on mission with God in the world. It is a discovery of the heart of God, the love of God, and the purposes of God in the world. And that discovery, sometimes by accident, sometimes by, sometimes by design, is available to every human being. No one needs to miss out. God is actually pursuing us and makes it very clear that if we seek him, we will find him. That discovery is where the kingdom of God unfolds and opens up, and that's the point of entry. And what happens next in those opening two parables, the, farm, the, 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 the farmhand and the merchant who's searching for a pearl that's beautiful, having found these treasures, they sacrifice everything. Both stories say the same thing. They went and sold everything they had to take possession of this treasure. That is how we enter God's kingdom. That is how we come into the wonder and joy of God's purposes. We trade our will for God's will. We lay down our claim on, on things and on, on the trajectory of life, and we take up God's. And we say to God, you, you can have me. I, I, I want to possess the treasure of your love, and I will surrender everything that I have to possess it.
Now, this is, not a, this is not a thing that we do because we feel guilty or because we feel pressed into it. It says of the farmhand that he went and with joy sold everything he had so that he could buy that field and possess that treasure. Motivated by the discovery of the beauty and glory of God, we find ourselves desiring to possess this kingdom promise. This is the space to nurture. This is the thing to pursue. This is the thing to ask God to help you experience the beauty of God, the presence of God's life and love in you, expanding and exploding such that you you want to give everything to possess it. I've been a Christian for many years. And when I was young in my Christian faith, I understood the gospel uh, as the gift of God's forgiveness for my sins. And that was very good news and I accepted it and, and, and was glad in that. But I can tell you that across many years of following Jesus and years of ministry and service, the wonder of who God is and the glory of what the gospel is has grown and grown and grown and caused me to be even more eager to, to sell whatever I have to buy the land to possess the pearl of great price. It is the beauty of God. It is the mind-blowing awareness of what God is doing in the world to, to undermine injustice and to elevate righteousness and joy and peace in the Holy Spirit in every life. Personal transformation, societal transformation. When you begin to see these things and the beauty of what God is doing, it motivates the desire to enter the kingdom. This is a time to enter the kingdom of God. I want to urge you, I want to urge you, if you've never prayed that prayer before, don't wait to the end of this message. Right now, tell God that you surrender everything to Him. Tell God that you willingly want to give up all that you possess to take hold of this treasure, this pearl of great price, this gift which is the kingdom of God. There's one other story in this little uh, collection of five that points to another aspect of what it means to be in the kingdom of God. It's the little bit about a teacher of the law. And Jesus says, if a teacher of the law becomes a disciple of the kingdom of God, that teacher is like the owner of a house who brings out of his storehouse things that are old and things that are new. This is a wonderful picture of what God does in our lives as we enter his kingdom and as his spirit enters our lives. God does not obliterate our personality. He doesn't, he doesn't just sort of uh, disregard everything that we are and everything that we were. He actually redeems us such that out of our lives can come things old and new, things old made new and things new made wonderful. It's very evident in the life of a teacher of the law, someone who's invested themselves in understanding God's ways, studying God's wisdom, and becoming an expert in the law of the Jewish people. And Jesus says when that person becomes a disciple of the kingdom of God, the things that they've studied, the things that they've invested in, wake up and they bring out of their storehouse things that are old and say, have a look at this, I I understand it afresh. And they bring out things that are new. Here's a discovery, this is what God is doing. Isn't this exciting? And this is not just for teachers of the law, this is for Persons who have been living their life and come alive and awake to the things of God in so many different ways. God wants to take all of what is is invested in you as a human being, his image, 
and to make it new. His gifts and skills and talents and to make them new. Uh, the, the part of you that is so much the reflection of the beauty of God and make it new. And he wants to put new gifts in your life and new capacities in your life. And he wants to explode the possibilities of who you are and how you live. This is the kingdom of God. It is the discovery of the beauty and wonder of God and what God is up to in the world that prompts us to make a great sacrifice, to possess God's beautiful uh, uh, kingdom and to step into it. And then it's God at work redeeming us. And we bring out of the storehouse of all that we are things that are old and made new and things that are new and glorious for his kingdom purposes. This is the vision prompted by joy. And as a whole community of people uh, step into this kingdom vision and live our lives together on mission for God, it, it is possible to experience societal transformation. And this is what God calls us to. Now, in these five stories, there are two that talk about rejecting the kingdom. The first of those two stories is blunt and, and bold. One very significant way in which people reject the kingdom is to choose wickedness, to align the heart with evil and injustice is to reject God's kingdom. Paul the Apostle says that the kingdom of God is righteousness, joy, and peace in the Holy Spirit. And so if you align your life with wickedness and with hate and with war in the kingdom of Satan, you have no part in God's kingdom on earth. Uh, the extent to which we embrace injustice and let our lives be in service to evil, we, we can't be a part of God's kingdom. And this is illustrated in the parable of the net. The fishermen go out and they catch a great lot of fish, and then they sort them out. And the good ones go into baskets and the bad ones are thrown away. And Jesus says that this is the way the world will be at the end of the age. Wickedness will be sifted out of the world and it will be consumed in the fire. Evil will be so sorted out of the world. And those who have given their souls to evil and injustice will know tears and gnashing of teeth. Wickedness does not have an endless life. It gets judged. But the fascinating thing about this little story is Jesus is saying to us very clearly, this is not our work to sort and sift. And it doesn't happen today. Today is about an invitation to the kingdom of God. And, and if, if we confront evil and injustice, we will oppose it. If we confront wickedness, we will oppose it. But it is not our job to sift human souls. In fact, Jesus is very clear. This is the angel's work at the end of the age. Evil, wickedness will get sorted out. Last week, Lance preached a brilliant sermon on this theme of God's judgment and God's just justice. And if you were not with us last week, go and find that teaching and invest some time. The good news is that evil and injustice do not have an eternal life. One way to reject the kingdom of God is to embrace wickedness. But can I be honest? I, I think for most of you listening to me right now, that is the lesser challenge. Uh, if you're listening to this sermon, if you're leaning into this journey, you're, you're battling wickedness. You're pushing evil back. And you no doubt want to enter the kingdom of God. It's the last story in this sequence that is the confronting and challenging one for all of us. 
Jesus visits his hometown. And in his hometown, he says he's not able to do many miracles. There wasn't a lot of faith. And in fact, there are people who reject the kingdom of God. What is so interesting about this last story is that as Jesus comes to his hometown and begins to preach and begins to do miracles, the people are amazed. And they say, who, who is this man and where did he get this wisdom and this power to do miracles? They are saying effectively, Jesus, where did you dig up those treasures? Where did you find that pearl of great price? Where did you find this stuff, Jesus? It's amazing. They see the beauty of God, the power of the kingdom, the presence of God's rule in their midst. But what they do next is so chilling. They say, but you're just Jesus. You're just the carpenter's son. Isn't that right? And, and, and we know your mother. And we know your brothers, James and John and Simon and Judas. We know your sisters. They're all with us here in town. How dare you pretend to know these things? And they took offense at him. I think the greatest danger for most of us who read this passage and listen to a sermon like this today is familiarity. It is so close to us that we may reject the beauty and wonder of this treasure and just bury it and keep on going. Not notice that it's a pearl of great price because we are so familiar. The story of what God is doing in someone's life comes to you, but you know that person well and you think, really? Uh, you, you, you hear of a miracle that God is doing, but too, too quickly we explain it away with, with some, some logical answers to what it could be. Too, too quickly, we despise the work of God, or as it says in Matthew chapter 13, we take offense at what we are hearing because of the familiarity. If you are a Christian and have been a Christian for many, many years, do you have an expectation that God is doing a new thing in this season? And are you experiencing and expecting the beauty of God to explode on your horizon with new and wonderful uh, invitation to God's kingdom that would cause you to redouble your commitment to sacrifice all to possess this beauty of God. If you're in a Christian family and th there's Christian influence around you, um, it, 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 sit for a little bit and share testimonies of what God has been doing and be careful not to take offense. Well, that's just my kid. Oh, that's just my old man. I, it, it's so easy to dismiss and to lose the wonder because of familiarity. Oh, I've been in this church for a long while. Oh, yeah, we always hear from that preacher. It's just one of the young people. That's the way they talk. And so easily we dismiss the wonder of what, what God is doing. This is what happened in Jesus' hometown and it broke his heart, but it was all there. They were amazed at the wisdom with which he spoke and the miracles that he performed. But they didn't see that these were the treasures of God and the pearl of great price because they despised what was so close and so familiar. Sit with the things that God is doing that might seem familiar. Sit with the stories of God at work in your children, in your parents, in, in friends, in, in, uh, in familiar settings, and ask God to show you more. Ask God to, to wake up your heart so that you can see it. Because the kingdom of God is a discovery of the beauty of God and his work in the world that grows as you pay attention to it. 
And the way to enter the kingdom of God is to make a sacrifice, a, a big sacrifice, out of, out of bubbling joy that you will, you will sacrifice all to take hold of this kingdom. And what happens then? Well, God enters your life and He, rede he redeems you. He changes your worldview. He transforms the person that you are ever so gradually, sometimes miraculously, always, always when we let His Spirit work in us over time, always with great results and consequent, such that we bring out of the storehouse of our lives old things made new and new things that serve His wondrous purposes. The kingdom of God. It's the most exciting thing in the universe. And you and I are invited to enter. Forsake wickedness and don't take offense at what is familiar and what is close and what seems common. Explore the the presence of God in your life. Ask God to make it more clear to you. Ask God to give you discoveries of his life and love and then make a sacrifice. Uh, give your all to God and expect him to do incredible, great and glorious things in your life. These are simple stories, the parables that Jesus told to tell us about the future that God wants for all of us and how we can embrace it together. Can I lead you in prayer? Can I urge you today to enter the kingdom of God, the most exciting story on earth, the most exciting promise in all the universe? Let's pray together. God, how we thank you for these parables that invite us into your kingdom, these parables that show us what it means to reject your kingdom. Help us to experience the discovery of your love afresh as we search, O oh God, show yourself to us. As we walk through life, surprise us with the treasure buried right in our path. And give us courage, we pray, O oh God, to surrender all and to embrace your kingdom. Give the church of Jesus Christ around this city courage to surrender all, to sacrifice greatly for the sake of your kingdom. And through us, Lord, bring renewal and revival in this city. Bring, uh, Lord, that which serves your purposes through your church in the whole of this nation. Thank you for your kingdom, O oh God. May it grow in our lives. May it grow in our midst. May we serve your purposes and celebrate your goodness as we see the wonder and beauty of your love. For this we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.